Welcome to Tim Friedman's 70s Rock Conversations. I'm your host, Tim Friedman, joined by local rock expert, Frank Ost. Frankie, welcome. It's great to be here. Thank you. Kind of rolling through the summer, aren't we? Yeah, we sure are. And in July, things really speed up after like the 4th of July. Exactly, yep. My yep. birthday is June 5th, and I always thought when I was a kid, once June 5th came and went, the summer was over. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed to go so fast. Exactly. Songwriter Mike Stoller, you know, the guy who wrote Hound Dog? Oh, sure, sure. He was uh, uh, in 1956 on this date, Frankie, July 25th. He survived the sinking of the Andrea Doria. Oh, Really? Where 51 other people lost their lives yeah, colliding with another ship. You know, I don't remember it, but yes, I've read about it for sure. Jeez. 1960, the all-new surf sound was introduced to America as the Ventures Walk, Don't Run at the pop charts. It would peak at number two. Oh, cool. That was a fun time, Chad. That yeah. and Telstar, you know, oh, different right. kinds of great music. That's kind of led us to our best instrumentals category, which exactly. we'll have coming yeah. back today. Bob Dylan appeared on stage for his first non-acoustic set five years later, this date in 1965, and after a couple songs, was booed off the stage. That's right, uh, Newport uh, Jazz Festival, or Folk Festival. Folk Jazz Festival. He was backed at the time by the Paul Butterfield Blues Band. That's right, yeah. I wonder if they knew what he was doing (laughs) when he he trotted out the electric. You know what they should have done? Just not have a plug-in for him. Like, no outlet. Exactly. Sorry, we don't do that. But at the urging of Peter Yarrow, of course, Peter, Paul, and Mary fame, Bob would return to the stage performing two more songs, and the audience this time was quiet because he played acoustically. Oh, okay. I got you. That was 1965. A year later, the Monkees recorded their first single, Last Train to Clarksville, written and produced by Boyce and Hearts. Last Train to Clarksville became a number one hit for the Monkees, mm-hmm. November 1966. Right. The B-side was also a great song, Take a Giant Step. Yes, I remember that. Anything... I had the single. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anything sung by, by uh, any of those guys, but Mickey Dolenz could really belt it out, couldn't he? 1969, Neil Young performed with Crosby, Stills, and Nash for the very first time at a show at the Fillmore East in New York City. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Just before Woodstock. I was going to say, that must have been just before Woodstock. A couple weeks before, yeah. On Broadway, the musical A Chorus Line made its debut in 1975. It would close in 1990 after, get this, more than 6,100 performances. Ooh, wow. That's incredible. Ever see that show? I've I, seen it. I did see it one time, and uh, I thought it was pretty good. And then I, I, I saw the movie, and it was it was also good. But I, I really liked the play a lot better. I did too. 
1980, ACDC released Back in Black. That was their first new album with new lead singer Brian Johnson. That's right. Boy, and talk about uh, a nice switch over. Yeah. That, that worked just perfect for them, didn't it? He can really sing, can he? Yeah, he can. <laughs> Here's somebody who can't. Roseanne Barr, 1990, gave that stirring rendition of the national anthem oh, to I remember fans before that. they came at, Saint, at San Diego. San Diego, sure. Uh, guess what? She was roundly booed for her performance. As she should have been. The Silver Fox, Charlie Rich, Behind Closed Doors, Most most Beautiful Girl, part of that like country crossover time of the 70s, John Denver and guys like that, uh, Gwen Campbell. Freddie Fender. Freddie Fender, yeah. yeah. He died, Charlie Rich, of a blood clot in his lungs in this date uh, 17 years ago. He was just 62 years old. Wow. My goodness. Yeah, he was uh, he was big news for a while. There. He was a good-looking guy, the Silver Fox. There you go. Michael Johnson wrote and sang, Bluer Than Blue, This Night Won't Last Forever. Passed away at 72 at a long illness he had in 1997. Mm. So that was 15, that was 25 years ago. My goodness. Yeah, wow. Peter Green, you know, the guitarist, founding member of Fleetwood Mac? I absolutely know. He died in his sleep about. in 2020 at the age of 73. Mm. Well, at least it was dying in your sleep. That's If you're going to go, that's the that's way, the way to go. go. Yeah. So that's a sad way to end this day in rock history. Let's do some birthdays. Walter Brennan. Remember Walter Brennan? Absolutely. 1894. Yep, The Real McCoys. Oh, I love that show. <laughs> I love The Real McCoys. I'm surprised you remember it. I, I barely remember I it. I do but, remember yeah. it. My, my father liked it. And um, for some reason, I like to do what he did. Who, what five-year-old would Well, do? sure, yeah. of course. And The Real McCoys, he loved that show, got a big kick out of it, as did I. Estelle Getty, you know, she was in uh, Golden Girls. Absolutely, She passed yeah. away 14 years ago already. I didn't I'd, know it was that long. No, I didn't realize that either. She was born in 1924. Verdine White of Earth, Wind & Fire, the sure. bassist and founding member, 71 today. Supermodel Iman turned 67. Right, that's uh, David Bowie's wife. That's right, mm-hmm. still looks good. She married David in 1992 and stayed married up until his death in 2016, Frankie. That's incredible. Okay, Frankie, concert calendar, we're getting to the end of July. Yeah. But there's still some good shows. Elton John's Farewell Yellowbrook Road Tour. Do you think it'll be the last time we see him in person in concert here in Cleveland? I, it would shock me if it actually was. Yeah. But, you know, you never know. You never know in you this never day never age. You never know with these folks. Elton's, though, at 74, 75 years old now. Yeah, so um, compared to most people, he's old. But then compared to Paul McCartney, he's young. He's young, right. <laughs> That uh, tour is going to make it stop at Progressive Field on Saturday the 30th. That's this weekend already. Yeah. Uh, the Happy Together Tour, MGM Center Stage. going to have the Association, the Buckinghams, the Vogues, the Turtles. Good 60s groups, huh? Absolutely, yeah. The Cowsills. A lot of good stuff. Uh, Al Miola at the Kent Stage, September the 11th. Al Stewart's show has been rescheduled. Remember, he tested positive for That's COVID. That's right, yes. Back in May, couldn't uh, do the show, but he has rescheduled Kent Stage. Wednesday, the 17th of August. Okay. Should be a good show. Yeah. I have tickets. You want to go? You're going with me, right? Yeah, you and I are going. Uh, Shaka Khan, MGM Center (laughs) Stage, Sunday, November the 5th. That's a Browns, or at least an NFL Sunday. The Browns might have a day that weekend off or something. I don't know. But uh, I don't think I'm going to go. Sundays are NFL Sundays for me. Yes. Well, in in the fall, it's... Watching college football on yep. Saturdays and pro football on Sundays. <laughs> Those so are the two that's days. That's pretty the, much it. The rock expert rests. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> he, he clears his mind and of on rock. And those two days, I rest. <laughs> yes. Clear your mind of, of uh, rock and roll and fill it with football. That's right. And goodies. 
deep cuts from top albums? I'm going to start, if you don't mind. No, go right ahead. I have Girl Goodbye by Toto from their mega-selling debut album. Sure. From 1978. Girl Goodbye kicks off side two. It's the same side of the big hit, Hold the Line. That whole album is great. Written and sung by lead singer Bobby Kimball, speaking of great singers, he also wrote three other songs on the album, including Hold the Line. There you go. So Bobby wrote and sang Girl Goodbye. It's a tad long. It's six minutes and 13 seconds, but it's well worth your time. It really features those guys, how they can rock out. They were the backing band for Boss Gags. They worked with Steely Dan. They've worked sure. with everybody. Yeah, they really have. But uh, Girl Goodbye is really, really good. It's a rockin' way to begin side two of their first album, Toto. Nice. Deep cuts from top albums. That was mine, Girl Goodbye by Toto. Yeah. What you got there, Frankie? That's a good one, and uh, hopefully I've got one that'll interest you. Seen and Not Seen by the Talking Heads. Oh, yeah. And this is from Remain in Light. Tucked away on the third cut and side two of Talking Heads' daringly experimental album, 
This is a quirky song that gets better with each listen. The music is a slow, ethereal, almost disco-esque shuffle. Our narrator talks of seeing his perfect face in magazines or on TV, and over time, by force of will, causes his face to approach those (laughs) of his ideal, which is why, he says, first impressions are often correct. (laughs) Of course, with David Byrne, nothing is straightforward, and he begins to ask, what if people picked an appearance on a childish whim or a momentary impulse? And the last line is perfect. He wonders if he, too, might have made a similar mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think sometimes uh, rockers are guilty of just overthinking things? (laughs) Absolutely. But this one is just so much fun. And, you know, when you listen to it and then you put the music with it and you kind of hear the little shuffle going on in the back. And uh, it's just hilarious to listen to the song. The the first time I figured out all the lyrics to it, I said, he's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, on the same album that contains Once in a Lifetime. Good album, Remain in Light. That was uh, October 1980, so I played the heck out of that in college radio. I remember that. Talking Heads for Frankie, and I had Toto. Right. Soon-to-be big hits debuting this week, Frankie, July 25th, 1969. Number 70 was The Fifth Dimension, working on a groovy thing. Ooh, yeah, I remember that. Stones, feature number one, Hunky Tonk Women, number 79. That's right, yeah. Marrakesh Express by Crosby, Stoles, and Nash, 19, uh, was, uh, debuting this week, number 86. That's right. Yeah. All right, Frankie, best instrumentals, Truck Man Joni, give it all you got, the official theme of the 1980 Winter Olympics. That's right, I remember that, sure. Yeah.
Rune Arledge was in charge of ABC Sports at the time, came out of the news, and then went to sports and That's did right. a really, really good job. I think he put together the crew of Howard Cosell and Danny Don Meredith and then guys like that. So yeah. Yeah. he may have been responsible for that. I may be wrong. But anyway, Rune Arledge was in charge of the Olympics. It used to be on ABC. Now it's on NBC. Yeah, and um, for those of you who never got the chance to watch it on NBC uh, or ABC, it was really terrifically done. They yeah. they owned the Olympics for many years. They did. And kind of sad that they no longer do it. Jim McKay, the host. Sure. So it hit number 18 on the Hot 100 chart in the winter of 1980. Chuck was, his music was used four years earlier for the 1976 Olympics, so Rune wanted him back, and he gave it all you had, all he had, good, give it all you got, nominated for a Grammy for Best Instrumental Composition. It lost out to John Williams, though, but John Williams has won like, what, 18 or 20 Grammys? Exactly. So for his score for Empire Strikes Back. The single was edited to 3 minutes and 55 seconds, but the album version is a slower-paced version of the recording, and it's a lot longer, 6 minutes and 16 seconds. It's from the album Fun and Games. Nice. But let's like give it, it all you got. That's Chuck Mangione. And you've got one of my favorite bands, don't you? Absolutely. Um, looking at Tower of Power and their song, Walking Up Hip Street. <laughs> song is the very last track on their 1975 album, Urban Renewal. This would be the last album produced by their first kind of classic lineup. After starting with the melody, we get a nice guitar solo, then launch into a fantastic trumpet solo played by Mick Gillette. Starting out in the lower register, he ramps up uh, the solo to where he screams through the end like some kind of runaway locomotive. Not to be outdone, songwriter Chester Thompson on organ and bass pedals, takes us back to the final melody and a smoking ending. The song has become so much a part of the band's lore that their most popular tribute band is called Hip Street. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's 1975. Exactly, yes. And Tower of Power was uh, at, um, where were they, MGM or Ken Stage or something, back in March. Right, exactly. Or yeah. was it May? I can't remember. It seems like <laughs> so long ago, right? And they've, uh, they're a band that has had so many um, mm. changes in personnel over the year. Yeah. I, I don't know if you would ever recognize the band from what they were to what they are now, but still playing the great music. That's probably typical of bands like that, R&B or jazz artists for sure. Sure. Their personnel comes and goes. That's how they want it to be. 
Uh, you probably, or our listeners probably know Tower of Power very well for their hits, You're Still a Young Man and mm-hmm. So Very Hard to Go, which yeah, I love. Absolutely. But songs like that deserve a listen, Walking Up Hip Streets. Nice. Tower of Power, the Bay Area band. Yes, sir. In our pop versus rock category, we go to January 9th, 1971. My son was born on January 9th, but not that early. Not that <laughs> early, no. yeah. Number five for the week was a future number one. I Think I Love You by the Partridge Family. That's right, yes. That was their first big hit. Uh, they debuted with their first song at number one, and that song was uh, all the rage at Winterhurst, the outdoor ice rink <laughs> that everybody went to in Lake. Remember that? That was a fun I place, sure wasn't do, it? Yeah. Great skating song. I'm sleeping and right in the middle of a good dream. Like all at once I wake up from something that keeps knocking at my brain. Before I go insane, I hold my pillow to my head and spring up in my bed, screaming out the words I dread. I think I love you. This morning I woke up with this feeling I didn't know how to deal with And so I just decided to myself I'd hide it to myself And never talk about it And did not go and shout it When you walked into the room I think I love you Partridge Family number five in the pop category. I think I love you. And what do you have at number four? At number four was Black Magic Woman by Santana. Goodness. Woman is a song written by British musician Peter Green, which first appeared as a single for his band Fleetwood Mac in 1968. Yes, the same band that was huge in the 70s, but before Christine McVie, Lindsey Buckingham, and Stevie Nicks joined. It was a minor hit in the UK and would have disappeared except for a cover recorded in 1970 by Santana. It was sung this time by Greg Raleigh, Mm -hmm. appearing on their second album, Abraxas. It went to number four on the singles chart and would become one of Santana's signature tunes. A curious blend of blues, rock, jazz, and Latin polyrhythms, 
Santana's arrangement added congas, timbales, and other percussion, in addition to organ and piano, that give it the song a voodoo feel distinct from the original. Interestingly enough, despite all these changes, the solos played by Carlos Santana closely resemble the Peter Green solos from the original ah. version. I kind of, I, I don't know. It, it almost sounds like he's uh, quoting him, like mm-hmm. you know, maybe as, as an honor in a tribute. musical way, exactly. in homage, if you exactly. will. Exactly. I love Black Magic Woman, Santana. Anything that. Carlos Absol- plays is great. I'm sure Peter Absolutely. Green loved that version too. He, I'm sure he did. And like I said, when I went back, I, I specifically went back to hear the the version. It's it was the solos that stood out for me, and and sometimes it's almost the same, you know, uh, vibrato in the same places. Yeah, Just beautiful. Artists who debuted at number one or number two. John Denver had a lot of number ones, unlike Ooh, uh, Rick Dees. But uh, Take Me Home Country Roads did not debut at number one for him. His very first single debuted at number two. Oh, okay. And that was Take Me Home, comma, Country Roads, or just Country Roads. That's what they call now. You know, it's West Virginia, the state of West Virginia has four, count them, four state songs. Oh, and I that's didn't one of them. That. Yeah, because <laughs> three just wouldn't have been enough, and exactly. five's too many. Eric Weisberg plays banjo and steel guitar in this tune, which was out in uh, April of 1971, so it was before Dueling Banjos came out. I was going to say, out. yes, is that the same uh, Eric Weisberg? Same well, of course one. it must be. <laughs> the album also features My Sweet Lady, and a song that would be released like three years later and go to number one, Sunshine on My Shoulders. Ooh, for some right, reason, yeah. they kept it back for three years before releasing that. Country Roads did peak at number two the last week of August of 71, just behind the Bee Gees, How Can You Mend a Broken oh Heart. Oh God, yeah. And just ahead of signs became John's signature song. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains. Growing like a breeze, country roads take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia, Mountain Mama, take me home, country roads. All my memories. Gather round her, miner's lady, stranger to blue water. Dark and dusty, painted on the So, Sunshine on My Shoulders, yeah, number one hit later on, but the one that debuted his very first song at number two, Take Me Home, Country Roads. Nice. Of course, he wrote it, uh, Leaving on Jet Plane, which was number one two years earlier or a year earlier for Peter, Paul, and Mary, but oh, that doesn't great. count. Yeah. Top singles, week of July 25th, 1972, a former one-hit wonder of ours, Frankie. Mm-hmm. Luther Ingram uh, jumped four notches from number nine to number five, If Loving You Is Wrong. I don't want to be right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Great title. Brandy, Song of the Summer, one of them. Looking Glass, that was up a notch to number four. It would peak at number two. Right yeah, behind. it's got that, every time I think of Brandy, I think of that kind of 
a, let's call it cheesy uh, electric piano yeah. that starts the thing. It's just like, <laughs> oh my God, how 70s. You know exactly what that exactly. is. Exactly. You could not get away from that song. <laughs> or this one, which was up a big five notches from the week before. Gilbert O'Sullivan, Alone Again Naturally. That and Brandy would uh, be one and two. Gilbert would be number one like for six weeks Exactly, that yes, yes. And so eight up until three, that's going to be number one very, very soon. Too Late to Turn Back Now and Lean on Me were number two and then number one wow. for the same weeks, two weeks in a row. Corn, uh, Cornelius Brothers and Sister Rose. Oh, yeah. That's, that's another one. They're a candidate for Greg. great start then <laughs> dot, dot, dot. What happened? <laughs> Not so much. The Rock and Roll Hall of Famer was number one. The last week of July in 72, that was a great summer of music, wasn't it? Yeah, and Bill Withers just seemed to be one of those guys that didn't have hits very often, but boy, when he did, uh, yeah. they were biggies. Distinctive <laughs> voice, too, kind of like Lou Rawls. Exactly. Rock releases the week of July 25th. We talked about ACDC from, uh, you know, back in black 1980. Wow was released on July 25th. In Search of the Lost Chord, Moody Blues, 1968. Wow, yeah, that that was right after, uh, that was their second one, right after Days of Future Past. They had some great album titles, didn't they? fantastic. The curtain rises on the scene With someone shouting to be free The play unfolds before my eyes There stands the actor who is me Hours take us far from traffic, telephones, and fear. Put out your problems with the cat. Escape until the bell you hear. Our reasons are the same, but there's no
Tres Hombres, ZZ Top. They're going to be a featured artist of ours before too long. Yeah. 1973, Steely Dan, Countdown to Ecstasy. Boy, these are some good albums. They are, and they're, they're not always ones you think of. You know, they're a yeah. little bit... Uh, a little bit behind the scenes on some of these, but uh, you should pick some of these up. They're great. 421 Ocean Boulevard, Eric Clapton, 1974. Oh, one of the my favorites. Belladonna, Stevie Nicks, 1981. Yeah, again. Wondering what kind of solo career this lady would have. Yeah, exactly. I think everybody was. You yeah. Know, um, whether she had the uh, wherewithal to go out and write her own stuff and and produce hits, and my God, right off the bat, we were not to worry. Remember Voices, the album from Hollow Notes, 1980, that featured How Does It Feel to Be Black. Uh, it was before they really broke out. It was after after Ecstatic, which had Wait for Me, right, and right. just before Private Eyes. Mm-hmm. So they hadn't yet really burst on the scene like they would with private eyes in that album. was released on this on this week in 1980. The Young Rascals had Groovin' in 1967. Ah, fantastic tune. And, of course, that uh, leads to the question uh, most asked of uh, the group, uh, who is Leslie? Because there's that one uh, thing that goes, uh, life could be ecstasy, you and me, and he says endlessly, but it sounds like you and me and, and Leslie. Leslie. <laughs> ACDC had Highway to Hell in 1979, and John Cougar released John Cougar. 
1979, also on the same date, July 27th. So those are some good releases this last week of July, huh? Fantastic stuff. Yeah, that was fun. We'll bring that category back of uh, where to start a record collection. That's an, uh, an older category of ours, but that right there are those rock releases. Well, that's a yeah, great some way of those to, would be perfect. Great place to start. <laughs> and uh, also The Temptations, All Directions in 1972. Papa Was a Rolling Stone is on that one. Yeah, uh, and they really, if you think of them just as their Motown early 60s, no, they had some great hits in the 70s. You, you get your, your hands on those five, eight, or ten albums, and your, your record collection is in good shape. Yep. Buffalo Springfield also released an album that week last time around. So, between them, The Rascals, Temptations, ACDC, you're covered. Right. Great start then, dot, dot, dot. I came up with the title of the category, but (laughs) (laughs) Frankie does all the work. So, this time around, it's Nick Lowe. Yeah, uh, name from the past, definitely. March 24, 1949, and is a British songwriter, musician, and producer. A noted figure in pop and new wave, Lowe has recorded a string of well-received solo albums and with the band Rockpile. I got to learn 
Along with vocals, Bo plays guitar, bass guitar, piano, and harmonica. Now, his first band was called Brinsley Schwartz, after his good friend, guitar player Brinsley Schwartz. Uh, this was a band active in the early 70s and included Ian Gom, who could also fit into this category. Right. Um, the band would not be successful, and uh, although he did write his two biggest songs when he was with that band. Uh, the late 70s were an incredibly busy time as he recorded and toured with Rockpile, produced the first five Elvis Costello albums, which is where he actually recorded Peace, Love, and Understanding, and released two, his first two solo albums. His first solo album was sublimely tired, titled Jesus of Cool. <laughs> but it's the second uh, uh, album, Labor of Lust, that made him a star. He would never return to the top of the charts. However, he still actively tours to this day. In fact, I saw him in the early 2000s at Beachland Ballroom uh, here in Cleveland. Did you really? Just Nick and his guitar, and it was an excellent show. Well, I can remember Like it was only yesterday Like a little child of play But oh how lovers change I never dreamed out easily For now I'm just the shadow Of the boy I used to be I think it's interesting to point out for this category that they just didn't fade away. They a lot of times go back into not the woodwork, but in the back, in the the background, uh, behind the scenes. A lot of guys become famous producers in Nashville for country artists that we know, but exactly. we had no idea. Or one of the fellows we mentioned is now, uh, like last year, is now in the country music. Songwriters Hall of Fame or something. So sure, sure. Guys like that just didn't drop off the face of the earth musically. But as far as I was concerned, after Rockpile, I never heard from Nick Lowe again. Exactly, and I didn't either. And I always wondered, well, kind of what what went on. And what went on was, you know, sometimes uh, it, all it takes is to really have that one hit. Uh, and in his case, he did have that one hit, and he also had a hit by Elvis Costello that he wrote. And the royalties come in, and it enables them to do other things in yeah. music that maybe they really like to do a little bit more than actual performing all the time. Featured artist, Frankie. My wife was wondering when we were going to get around to Carol King. Ah. And here we are. She is absolutely. our featured artist this week, born Carol Joan Klein in Manhattan. In February 1942, folks spend a lot of time in Brooklyn, though. Wow, how often do you hear of anyone that's actually born in Manhattan? In Manhattan. <laughs> Two-time inductee into the Rock Hall, one of only three ladies now, Stevie Nicks and Tina Turner, right. have both been inducted twice. Carol was inducted in 1990 with Jerry Goff and her ex-husband and uh, a co-writer for all those great songs of the sure. 60s. And as a solo artist, last year, she actually performed a song, You've Got a Friend, on the piano at the Rock Hall induction ceremonies that aired, like, last year sometime. I guess it was late October. Remember right. the one in Cleveland? Exactly. 
as good performance. She's going to be 80 years old, Frankie. Yeah, the fact that she can perform at all is saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, she just turned 80 back in February. Exactly. Still looks good. Kennedy Center Honoree 2015, Songwriters Hall of Fame 1987, Grammy at Lifetime Achievement Award winner nine years ago, Carol King. Her mother was a piano player, Frankie, and soon discovered that Carol developed a real love of music, so she began to teach Carol basic piano skills and then up the ante a little more as she got older. She was like four years old when she started plunking on the piano. Nice. You know, she was smart, too, Carol was. She was promoted from kindergarten to the second grade. Well, so you would think that somebody altogether. with that kind of talent would probably had some brains behind her. I mean, no question about it. In, yeah. And especially at that time, uh, it was a very male-oriented, dominated mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. For her to survive, uh, I'm sure she had a lot of wits behind her. Smart, creative, uh, inquisitive. Mm-hmm. Wanted to know more and more about music. Started really learning how to play the piano. She changed her name to King in high school and began to put demos together with her friend, Paul Simon. Nice. She also dated Neil Sedaka. Remember O'Carroll? Of course, yeah. While they were in high school. Met her first husband, Jerry Goffin. While at Queens College, she and Jerry became a songwriting duo. They were married in 1959 when she was just 17 years old, but no matter. Wow. They had a daughter, Louise, mm-hmm. Frankie, and uh, took jobs in the real world, <laughs> and were, you know, uh, writing songs at night. They were songwriters under Don Kirshner at the famed Brill Building. Brill Building, absolutely. In New York, sure. Neil Diamond was there, and uh, of course, uh, Barry Mann and Cynthia Wilde, the yep. tremendous Wild, songwriters sure. from uh, Righteous Brothers, and mm-hmm. they also wrote uh, Hungry and Kicks for Paul Revere and the Raiders. They're probably out in Beverly Hills collecting their riches right now. I sure hope so. <laughs> but they had a nice little back and forth going on. The the tremendous um, musical, beautiful, kind of tells you all about their relationship as a couple of different songwriting teams and the competition they had. Friendly. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, you were basically... Um Vying for the same people, you know, and who was going to sing my hit? (laughs) Not bad to be working under Don Kirshner at the time either, or any time. You know, Barry Mann, not Barry Manilow, but Mm -hmm. Barry Mann with two ends, uh, also had a pretty good singing career as a solo artist. 1960, actually, you know, he and uh, Jerry Goffin, sorry, wrote the song, Who Put the Bump in the Bump Shabomp Shabomp. I didn't realize that they were responsible for that. (laughs) He wrote it with Jerry Goffin and sang the song. Nice. 
Who Put the Sham in the Shamalama Ding Dong. Ding Dong, yeah. Talk about a great little parody song. Mm-hmm. So after they wrote the song, um, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow, the big hit by the Shirelles, oh, the number one song. Fantastic, yeah. uh, They were able to quit their day jobs. Mm-hmm. And so off they were. Off they went with Locomotion. They wrote that for their babysitter, Little Eva. You know, Take Good Care of My Baby for Bobby V. One Fine Day for the Chiffons. And one of my favorites, Pleasant Valley Sunday by oh. the Monkees. <laughs> was starting to crumble by like 1968 so uh they divorced carol moved out that might be what we're hearing in that song yeah right they they divorced carol moved out to la to start working on some solo stuff she was very gun shy as far as performing she didn't really like she didn't feel real uh natural um confident performing on stage yeah a lot of stage fright there yes it took her a while kind of like carly simon Mm -hmm. a great songwriter in her own right a performer uh, but Carol King, boy, when she put that album out, produced by Lou Adler, Tapestry, in 1971, things changed for her, didn't they? Yeah, they would never be the same again, that's for sure. <laughs> so, I know, it was her second release. February 1971, it's too late. Uh, in the B-side, I feel the earth move so far away. Tapestry is a 13-time platinum album. It yep. was on the charts for over, like, 300 weeks or something, like Dark Side of the Moon. Exactly. It's one of those that was just uh, uh, an institution on the charts. And um, she blazed the trail for a lot of other solo female artists. She sure did. And uh, that's, which is why when, uh, back when we were doing the Who Should Get Into the the Hall of Fame, I just didn't believe that she was not in yet. As a solo artist of her own, yeah. Right. She did blaze a trail. Oh, absolutely. Stayed in bed all morning just to pass the time There's something wrong here, there can be no denying One of us is changing, or maybe we just stop trying And it's too late, baby, now it's too late Though we really did try to make it Something inside has died And I can't hide And I just can't fake it Oh, no, 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 no It used 
to be so easy living here with you You were light and breezy and I knew just what to do Now you look so unhappy and I feel like a fool Tapestry, 1971. Music came out in the same year, later on in the year, Sweet Seasons, and the one that the Carpenters made a bigger hit of, It's Gonna Take Some Time, Sure, was on that album. Yeah. and music uh, had been to Canaan in 1972. So every year she's putting some out. A couple years later, Rap Around Joy, Jazz Man was on that's that. A, that's another that song. great one, yeah. She's nominated for a Grammy. She has such a distinctive voice, Frankie, doesn't she? She does. And uh, she knows how to surround herself with oh, boy. great music. Does she ever. Lift me, won't you lift me above the old routine Make it that 
particular one, that was our old buddy uh, Tom Scott on the saxophone. That's right, Tom Scott, who's worked with her on other things. Lee Sklar, Graham Nash, David Crosby, James Taylor, J.D. Souther, Danny Korchmar, wow. Russ Kunkel. And at the induction ceremony, she performed with Russ Kunkel, Danny Korchmar, and Lee Sklar. So they were all there helping her out as the backing band That's for pretty her. incredible. So, I mean, yeah, she didn't just work with them in 1971. Yeah, I mean, that's, that goes back a long time. something on PBS, so I think we've talked about this before, a really cool CD you might want to get your hands on is called Live at the Troubadour. Mm. The, like the 50th anniversary of the opening of that wonderful place and just it's right close to Beverly Hills. It's off of Sunset Boulevard. Sure. And so James Taylor and Carol King performed along with Russ Kunkel and Danny, you know, nice. Wally Wachtel, they were there. And um, so they performed each of their big hits and on stage together at the same time you know they kind of took turns and it's really really good it's a, a great cd to have a great dvd mm-hmm. once in a while you'll see it on on pbs but it's certainly worth a try if you want to just download some tunes or, or get your hands on that oh, cd i'm sure it's fantastic yeah so far away doesn't anybody stay in one place Just time away Long ago I reached for you And there you stood Holding you again Could only do me good How I wish I could But you were so So Thoroughbred came out in 1976. Wrap Around Joy, 
uh, feature jazz man, of course. You know, that lost out for a Grammy to Olivia's uh, I Honestly Love You. Hmm. And also had Nightingale. Hard to believe that I honestly love you beat anything. Yeah. That's not one of my favorites. But she was as as popular, if not more so, than Carole King, especially as we moved through the 70s. So, Only Love is Real, one of my favorite songs, came off the 1976 album called uh, Thoroughbred, again produced by Lou Adler. So, with a tremendous lineup of backing vocals and talent that she had. talent also it's sure it's no wonder that she's had such a stellar career absolutely 25 solo albums that's a lot sold more than 75 million copies worldwide that for the two should get in we don't it's now a moot point but all you have to do is say that and tapestry and she's in yeah exactly and if she hadn't done anything but those but Quote those two things. Yeah, absolutely. And you could ask just about any female artist, maybe even Tina Turner, you know, who influenced me as I was coming up as a solo artist, a solo singer, Helen Reddy, Ann Murray, the list goes on and on. Right. I bet you they'd mentioned Carole King right off the bat. Uh, Absolutely. And not only as a performer, but as a songwriter. I mean, this is the thing. When we mention the 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 actual performing part of her career, it's right. Yeah, you can't. Uh, She's exactly. written or co-written an astounding 118 pop hits that have hit the Billboard Hot 100. So that's, no no one had wonders there. That's insane. Yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. Tapestry is and always has been one of the best-selling albums of all time. It won four Grammys, including Best Album. Sure. That was a great album. Her career is fantastic. Her voice, as we said, was is fantastic. Still is distinctive. She's very, very nice. She can tell everybody likes her and everybody likes working with her. Yeah, and uh, when I've seen her on TV, uh, some of the things she's done, um, we've seen her on Saturday Night Live. We've yeah. uh, seen her w- with Paul Schaefer uh, doing some of the Dave uh, Letterman stuff. Always had a smile on her face. She always she looks like she wants to be on stage, and yeah. that's not a lot of them do, you know. But she always looks like she's having fun, especially since the beginning when she was a little shy about getting up on stage. That's right, yeah. And wanted her music to do her talking, and then she said, "You know what? I can sing these songs too." Sure. And what a great voice! 
Absolutely. So that's Carol King, our featured artist this week. Glad we finally got to her. Thanks for joining me, Frankie. So next time around, our featured artist will be Phil Collins as we continue kind of our look back on solo artists. We will see you next week on Tim Friedman's 70s Rock Conversations. 